Hi, this is Joy. And this is James. And this is the Glow Your Goddess podcast back with our next episode. So goddesses, we have taken a little bit of a hiatus. Life has been a little bit crazy, but we are back and we are talking about something that I think is so important. I knew it was a topic that I needed to talk about because it kept coming up, even in this in-between space where we haven't been on the podcast. So many of my interactions with women, with men, um, just things that I've been seeing, the energy around has been saying, listen, this is so important for us to address. So today's topic, we are actually going to be talking about identifying abuse. This seems like a pretty serious topic. It is serious. I think it's something that, you know, can get to the space of being so serious that it means your life. It means your freedom. Um, it means harm to so many different people. And in this time period that we are recording this podcast, who knows when we're going to, um, when you're going to play this podcast and you're going to hear it, but we're still in the middle of a pandemic. We are still, you know, in quarantine, so to speak. A lot of people's lives have shifted where the amount of time they're spending with people is very different. The level of stress that people are experiencing because of financial hardships because of people getting sick, because of people passing, because of feeling caged and things like that. So many things have come up that have actually put people in a situation where violence and domestic violence in particular has raised. The percentage of it is so high because of all of the shift in our environment. So I think it is really important for us to talk about this and be able to identify if we are in situations that are abusive, because I want my goddesses to always feel empowered. So I'll be talking about what this abuse could look like. And I'll also be talking about some of the things for you to be able to glow out of those situations, glow through those situations. It's not as simple as me saying, okay, just get up and leave and go and things like that. But I want you to at least be empowered with the information of what's happening so that you can make informed decisions about what you need to do next. Now, who am I to even talk about these things? You guys already know that I am a therapist, that I am a coach, I'm a dating coach, I'm a matchmaker, all those things. So what do I know about abuse, right? Well, the reality is this is what my second and a half, third, fourth career. <laughs> it has evolved. I actually have about 10 years experience working in the domestic violence unit at the Miami-Dade State Attorney's Office. So I started Quite a while ago, I think I was about 24, 25. I was about 24 when I started working with them. So for 10 years, I worked in every facet of the domestic violence unit, um, going from misdemeanor to felony until I got to a space where I was actually responding to victims' homes. When an incident would happen, I would go directly to their home. I would interview them to see what it was that happened. So I would be kind of in your face in the beginning of your crisis when you were first being attacked, when you were still in shock, when you were so angry, when you were extremely sad, when the kids are there, everything. So I was the person who was helping, making sure that they were getting their shelter, making sure they understood what was going to happen next from a legal standpoint, how to get protection, restraining orders, how to get money to relocate, what your options are, right? So I've always been in a space of trying to help women understand their options. And women were not the only victims, but the reality is 
the majority of the people who would actually call the police were women and not men. Men are still victims of domestic violence. So I have grown to understand full dynamics of what that power struggle looks like and also to try to get a little bit more into the mind of the victims and how a lot of times we can come up with these ideas in our head to protect us because we feel like we don't have an out anyway. So we will create narratives that will really keep us stuck. That's actually what pushed me to a space of wanting to become a therapist so that I could understand things more from a mental health standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, and what that stronghold looks like. And I wanted to be able to help women for more than two hours at a time because I would only spend a couple of hours with my victims or with my clients, right? So I wanted to really be on a journey with clients. So now in my practice, I do not necessarily specialize in domestic violence. I can, but I don't. However, I specialize in helping women transition from wherever they are and feel more empowered. Now, what I thought was very interesting in um, kind of engaging with James and getting into this relationship, he has a, a whole different perspective when it comes to violence, domestic violence, things like that. And um, James, did you want to kind of share what your experience is around the topic and the idea of uh, violence in a home, in a relationship, things like that? Um, I grew up in a pretty stable home. Um, I knew that there was domestic violence in other families. It was not something that I witnessed myself. It was not something that I saw directly. And uh, my parents were very particular in shielding us from that and keeping that away from us as children. I know that my dad was a victim of domestic violence and abuse. And uh, it was something that he was uh, determined to not have and not pass on to his children and not give us even exposure to that. So I think that this is worth noting. So James is someone who has been on this planet for quite some time. And even though his father was a victim of domestic violence, he was abused, his parents made a very concerted effort to protect them from the idea of it even happening, right? So he's someone who hasn't witnessed it. He hasn't had to personally be a part of it. And we know several people who have. I think it's good for us to understand that you can be walking this planet and never be a part of it, never having abused another person or having been abused. That does exist, right? It's good to know that. But it's also good to understand that it is okay if you have that type of upbringing and you've had that kind of environment. It's okay to understand that you don't know everything and that maybe you don't even know what abuse looks like because it wasn't maybe talked about. It wasn't identified as such. So maybe when it's happening, you don't even really know. And so that's fine. It's not like, oh my God, how did I miss this? It happens, right? We are shielded from things. And as parents, we do try to shield our children from a lot of things. We don't always know the temperature in terms of like how far to go. What's the limit for protection? Should I tell my kids everything and make them afraid of the world? Should I tell them nothing and tell them that everything's perfect because you're in this home and I'm going to protect you forever? You know what I mean? How do you really go about it? But it's okay. If you've fallen upon the podcast, here's your opportunity to figure out something else that maybe you didn't know before. Okay. So I want to share with you guys what the typical cycle of violence would look like. This may sound familiar to you for yourself or somebody that you know. So typically what it's going to look like, and it looks like this also from the outside too, is what we would call the honeymoon period. So the honeymoon period is you are engaging with somebody. A lot of times when you first start dating them, you'll see this. They're super charming. 
um, very pretty or very handsome, right? And because abuse can come from any gender. This person is well put together. They seem like they are exposing you to things you've never seen before. They're excited about you, almost worshiping you as a matter of fact, right? Everything is about you, them wanting to protect you because you're so precious, them wanting to tell everyone about you because they're so proud of you. Like, oh my God, they're so enthralled with you. And you are on cloud nine because somebody finally sees the goddess that you are, right? And they make you feel that glow. They make you feel that light. And so even if there are tiny red flags, you know, in terms of like little spots of a temper or um, somebody who is super critical, maybe not towards you, but critical towards other people or about very specific things that they have to happen, you don't think it's that big of a deal because they are just so good to you and they're always protecting you, okay? So you have this honeymoon period where they're amazing and then those little red flags that you were ignoring, they start to kind of happen a little bit more frequently that they're irritated by other people. They're complaining about things in an irregular way that you didn't recognize before. And then eventually you get a little bit worried when it comes at you, like it gets shot at you all of a sudden, like a little quick aggressive statement towards you that you've never heard before. Like, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, did you have a bad day or something like that? And you feel like you are free to say those statements back to this person. And they kind of shut you down. Like, what are you talking about? Or who are you talking to? And you're surprised. You don't know what to do with it. So you might kind of just get like quiet. Like, okay, they're just having a bad day. Well, what happens is those little spurts start to happen more frequently. They start to happen in for like a longer period of time in terms of them being angry or maybe giving you the silent treatment. And then this tension is building because you don't know when this next thing, this next tiny explosion is going to happen until eventually you get to the point where the big explosion happens. And that part of the cycle is called the abuse part. So you have the honeymoon, you have the tension building, and then you have the actual abuse. So the abuse comes in all different forms. The abuse could be verbal abuse. And this verbal abuse could mean that this person is verbally abusing you. They're insulting you. They're, you know, tearing you down. Or it could be that they are abusing you via your family, talking badly about your loved ones, the people that support you, or speaking poorly or treating your kids terribly, okay? So that verbal abuse could happen. Even though it's not directly at you, it is directed for the purpose of hurting you or controlling you, okay? Um, another type of abuse that could be happening is emotional abuse. Now, that could be intertwined with the verbal abuse, right? Someone, like, really tearing you down, doing a character attack and things like that. Um, this person could definitely be pretending that they are a victim. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more later, but they could be making you feel like you're doing something to them. You know, um, they could do things like give you a little bit of affection and then suddenly withhold it. That is emotional abuse. Then of course there is the physical abuse. And what is physical abuse? Physical abuse is not, you just walked up to me and punched me in the stomach or you slapped me, right? Physical abuse can be somebody actually throwing things around you, throwing things in the house, punching holes in the wall. Even if you're not standing anywhere near that wall, it is a threatening behavior and it is a physical behavior. It could be them throwing things right next to your head, right? Very close to you. Like I didn't hit you. What's your problem? Why are you being so dramatic? Uh, because you threw something near me. It is for the purpose of pretty much making you feel threatened, slamming their hand down on the counter, you know, kicking rocks, different things. And I don't know if you guys know, I'm in Florida. In the state of Florida, spitting on somebody is a domestic violence, okay? It is an actual battery to spit on someone and throwing water. Has anyone ever picked up uh, their glass or their cup and thrown their drink on you? 
that is literally a battery. It is a misdemeanor and you will go to jail if the police decide to arrest you for that. Your bail is $1,500. Okay, so just understand like these things are batteries. They are real. And they're, it's not just like, oh my God, they had a, a bad day. They had a temper. It's okay. These are signs of abuse. Okay, so these are the different things that um, it can look like when we're in the abuse stage of the cycle. All right. So, um, James, the other part about that, I forgot, financial abuse is something else that could happen. So that could mean that the person is spending, if you guys have a joint account, they're spending all of your money in the joint account, like all the money that you guys have together, or they have money to pay the bills and they're refusing to pay bills and they're like, you figure it out, right? They're withholding funds from you so that you are forced to spend all the money that you have. They're pretending like they have nothing at all. Um, the financial abuse could be them literally just forcing you to come and bring you, uh, the check and be like, you don't need to do it. I'll take care of everything. You don't need to know, know what the bills are or anything. I'm going to take every, care of everything and pretty much keeping you in the dark and keeping you without any funds. I did fail to mention that the physical abuse could also be towards other people and not just you. So it could be towards your kids. It could even be towards your pet. Okay. So those are the different, um, ways that a person can show up in the physical abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse portion of the, um, of the cycle. So James, now that I've kind of explained some of those forms of abuse and you're saying you never saw that in your household or were in any relationships that, you know, had any abuse in it, I'm not sure. Do you see it differently? Do you think that maybe you actually witnessed some of your friends who potentially went through something like this now that you understand a little bit more what the abuse cycle looks like? Um, I could see anger issues and things like that. Um, I know in my family, I really never saw any uh, controlling issues like that, um, even with monetary or throwing things. You know, the kids always fight and stuff like that. So you see kids that would, you know, roughhouse and things like that. But I never saw anything from from parents to children or to from ch from parents to parents. Mm -hmm. um, my parents were never aggressive with each other. Other than other than argument arguments and just normal arguing things like that, mm -hmm. but there was never really any kind of violence or even um, seemingly out of control behavior. Okay, now if you reflect on I guess conversations that you may have had with your friends, and I'm I'm asking James, but yeah, I want you guys to process this as well, right? Would you say comments that your friends have ever made to you would line up with some of the examples that I gave that some of these things are actually happening in their relationship? That we we all like, oh, girl, you know, but we don't necessarily say, oh, you're being abused. Like we're just like, mm, that's that's something else. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Would you say that you have identified some of those things with anybody around you, um, even if it's not like close friends, you know, colleagues or mm -hmm. people that you frequently see? Would you say that you have recognized that? Yep, I have seen I have seen signs of abuse in uh, people that I interact with daily, whether they're friends or just. Uh, casual acquaintances or people that, you know, in, that work in stores or businesses that I frequent, mm -hmm. you see signs of uh, potential abuse. You know, how's your day going? I'm having a really terrible day. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to be moving away. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe that's someone trying to isolate somebody from their friends and family, or they could be just trying to escape something. I have noticed um, bruising on some people that I've interacted with at work, different work environments and stuff like that and questioned it. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, I got into an argument, it's okay, it's no big deal, mm -hmm. that type of thing. And you question it and you realize that they were probably, it was probably a partner or mm -hmm. a husband or whatever their situation was. Mm -hmm. 
and and realize that you know there's probably something going on in that household. It's it's kind of an awkward thing, you know, when you are a victim of abuse, right? You don't know how other people are going to see you. You don't know if people are going to be like, what's wrong with you that you would be in this situation? So what I've seen in my experience a lot of times is the experience that you have, you minimize it, right? Even though other people might very easily be able to pick up that something is off and that you need help, when you minimize it, you also might prevent yourself from getting some sort of resource and help. Sometimes people feel like they'll be blamed for what's happening to them. They won't be believed or they'll be just shamed, you know, for having continued whatever situation for whatever amount of time. We all have reasons for staying in situations, relationships and connections. Love is one of them. You know what I mean? It really, it really is a thing. But I'm wondering, James, in some of those situations where you've seen someone where it's evident that they have um, probably been a victim of some sort of abuse, if the if a person were to come up to you and say, I'm being abused, I'm really hurt, I'm scared, I don't know what to do. As someone who is their friend, you know, their associate or whatever, how would you view them and how would you respond? Um, I would actually really respond with compassion and just you know, is there anything I can do for you? Do we need to get you out of your situation? Do we need to go somewhere now? Mm-hmm. Do you need to, do you need help right this moment? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that I would ever take lightly or, um, or even belittle that person or think it was their fault, mm-hmm. um, whether it's a man or a woman, because, you know, there's uh, opportunity for abuse in, in any relationship, whether it's towards a female or towards a male, like you said earlier, that it, would be normally reported probably as a a female being abused, but I think there's probably incidents of just as much male abuse that uh, that men don't want to really confess to or even admit that mm-hmm. they're being abused, and, and or they may not even view it as abuse. Oh, she's got an anger problem, or she's just controlling, or she's just that's just the way she is, or whatever, and you kind of brush it off as. She's having a rough day or something. And in the reality, she's probably abusive. Yeah. And it could be she or he, right? Because, you know, I've seen this a lot of times. If I would respond um, to cases where it would be two females who are fighting, right? And someone might look at like, oh, it's just a girl fight. No, 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 no. You, you got your whole lip busted. You got your whole nose broken. Like, no, it's not just a girl fight. There's oftentimes where it's two men who are fighting, who are in a romantic relationship. You know what I mean? So... You know, we we have these ideas and these stereotypes about how you're supposed to respond and how like who is not supposed to call the police or who's not supposed to ask for help. And so we as a culture, as a community can really create these barriers to people getting help. I have seen personally where um, someone was being abused and I, you know, tried to jump in to help. And then all the people around me were clearly very um, numb to the situation and stopped me from helping the person that I was helping. They were like, no, that's like, that's their business. And I think that's also something that you might see as a victim where like, look, everybody normalizes it. Nobody helped me. Why would I tell anybody? Everyone around me thinks it's okay. And they think it's my problem and I'm supposed to either walk away or solve it myself. Right. And so again, you could have that perception that if you were to tell somebody, everyone's going to just be like, it's your problem. It's your situation. But I, I know for myself, because I would be one of those people, James would be one of those people, that if you were to ask for these resources and this help or just express what's really going on for you in an authentic way, there are several people who would be more than happy. They're waiting to be able to assist you. 
You don't know everyone's story. You don't know if they've had the same story that you have. And they were waiting for someone to save them. So therefore, they have kind of made it their life's purpose to also give a hand when it is needed. Mm -hmm. So now I want to talk about some big power moves um, that an abuser might also use in order to be able to control you. Because, you know, the underlying factor around abuse is control. This person wants to control another person, their behavior. Uh, and it usually comes from like a space of insecurity, right? And we feel like if I can control someone else's whole demeanor, how they act towards me, how they stay with me, how they don't abandon me, that kind of thing, I will feel okay. That's not true. That's not the solution, which is why abuse does not stop. This cycle doesn't stop because what the abuser is trying to do to soothe themselves is actually not a solution, right? So it's just, it always has to continue to go on. So some of the big power moves that they will use um, would be separating you from people, separating you from the people who are resources, who have a different perspective. They want to be the only person who's kind of tapping into your brain and giving you the perspective that they have. So this could be them actually degrading the people in your life, right? Telling you that the people in your life don't know what they're talking about, that they're actually stupid, telling you that these people are actually bad people and that they are against you, that they're jealous of you. They they want to hurt you. And this person, right, the abuser is like, I'm the only person who's not going to hurt you. You don't want to be around those people. I'm telling you. They will maybe say that those people are against them, right? Like, why would you want to be aligned with people who hate me? If you love me, why would you why would you talk to people who hate me? Why are you going to let them get in your head like that? You don't really love me, right? Like challenging your loyalty um, to see what you're going to do with that, right? So this is this is one of the things that they really um, use a lot in order to kind of control you. They're controlling you from your mind by closing out all other perspectives and only putting in their perspective that they are the only ones. Um, and speaking of the only ones, another big power move they have is kind of identifying themselves as your savior, right? Kind of conditioning you that that's what it is. So no one's going to love you the way that I love you, right? You're lucky that I love you as a matter of fact, you know? Um, so they're either going to come from a space of like their love is so big and so amazing. You can't get that love anywhere else because they're so amazing. Or they'll come from the space of you're not good enough anyway, so you're lucky that I even give you this love so nobody else is going to give it to you because you don't really deserve it, okay? They may remind you of how they saved you from your past. Maybe when you met them, you were in an abusive relationship or you were with family that was abusive, that was tearing you down, and they were the ones, remember I told you, they're really charming. They make you feel amazing in the beginning. They were the ones that poured into you in that way, and they'll remind you, like, I'm the one who took you from all these bad people. I, I am your savior, right? They will tell you that they know what's best. Your mind isn't right. Um, in other uh, episodes, I've talked about gaslighting. And gaslighting is pretty much like when you are talking to a person who knows they saw something they saw or they heard something they heard, they understand perfectly, but you challenge their understanding of it all. Like, you didn't see that. You didn't hear that. Are you okay? Do you need help, right? Like, you basically get to a point where you make this person feel so crazy that they do not trust themselves anymore. And they will only trust your opinion and your input, okay? So you become their everything by making this person feel so fragile, so lost. They have nobody else. They're not good enough. They can't live without you. So you are the person who's going to keep them basically alive. And um, the last thing that I would say, and I'm sure there's other ones, but this is the last thing that I'm going to cover in terms of some big power moves, 
is them pretty much identifying you as a bad person, as a selfish person, or someone who has no intellect whatsoever. So like just straight up telling you, like you're you're dumb. You you don't know anything. You haven't lived life. You don't know what you're talking about. You make poor decisions all the time, right? You're crazy and you need help. You know, I have people who I know have been abused by their partners who consistently tell them that they have a, a big mental health disorder. And you know what? If you keep this up, you know, the way that you're acting so erratic, I'm going to have you committed. God says it's not that easy. You know, they will make threats and they'll say it in such a way that it sounds so convincing. Like they know the law backwards and forwards and they don't. They don't. They know a couple of things. They put it together. They can make it sound like just superb, like they're the most confident about it. They do not have power over you the way that they are stating that they have power over you, okay? They might tell you that your family is bad. And since your family is bad, you're a seed of your family. So you are also bad. Um, Definitely tell you you're you're selfish and you don't know how to be committed. You don't really know how to be loyal, right? Um, Tell you that you are actually evil and you're there to harm them. You're the one who's always making them feel bad. You're the one who's victimizing them and, and tearing them down. Like, oh my God, you're gaslighting me. You know, they learn a couple of words and they're like, oh, this is what you're doing to me. And it's to kind of switch things around and to continue to gaslight you. And the one that is just like the kicker is you're like every woman I've ever met. Oh, especially when you get, you know, you get your 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 boots on, you're ready to go. Like, oh, you're going to leave me just like everybody did. You're going to abandon me just like everybody has. I thought you were different. You ain't no different. You, you're the same as everybody else. You're no good just like everybody else. So these are big power moves. And all of these big power moves are for the purpose of control. Control is the issue with uh, with abuse from the beginning to the end, in my opinion beginning to the end and what happens is when they start to feel like they're losing control because you have more control they just put their thumb down harder that is what you'll see i'm not acting like this is a very easy thing just to walk away from when they feel threatened that this thing that they've had on you this tether they've had on you has been nice and tight and it starts to loosen up they just try to put another tether on you they pull out some other equipment some other weapon to make you feel like if you leave this space, it'll be the worst thing. Either they're going to super punish you, they're going to punish themselves and it's going to be your fault. You're going to lose everything you ever had. You know, they come with they come with everything or they become physically abusive, right? They say that the most dangerous time in an abusive relationship is when a victim tries to leave. Hmm. So this is this is exactly why you want to maintain the support that you need to have so that when you have to do these things that you have help doing it. Makes sense. Yep. And with that said, uh, what I want to share with you is how to stay empowered while they're throwing at you their big power moves. How do you stay empowered in the midst of this when you're trying to make decisions about what to do next, right? So one of the first things that you want to do is the opposite of their big power move. Their, Their big power move was separating you. You want to never cut yourself off from people. If there are people who were in your life at least three years Prior to this person being in your life, there is never a reason to cut these people off. What all of a sudden he identified their horrible character and he knows better than everybody that they're evil and they've always hated you. No, it is manipulation. It is a lie. If these people have been in your life, do not cut people off. If anything, you need to be adding people to your circle. You need to be adding more perspective. You need to be adding more support and more resources 
to help you. You know, relationships are built in a community. There are things that we keep private in our relationship, but we do have like confidants. We have people who give us advice, people who have been here before us. So relationships, our complete relationships should not be this huge secret. And if your partner is someone who tries to convince you that everything in your relationship is, is supposed to be a secret, if they're so big on secrets, that is a red flag. Why does everything need to be a secret, right? Like what's going on? Because they want to cut everybody else's perspective off from you. So do not mm. cut people off, okay? You want to have a higher power before your partner. So this is not me telling you all that you need to be religious. What I'm saying is because we talked about that big power move of your partner being a savior, right? You need to have something else that is above your partner, something else that has the last word, not your partner, right? So if that is God, if that is the universe, if that is a spiritual guide, if that is your higher intuitive self, if that is nature, if that's your mother, I don't know. It needs to be somebody else has an opinion that you look to after your partner's opinion, that they are not the end of the book, right? There has to be something else. When you allow them to be that all and that everything, that is a complete hold on your mind. Even if you go to other people, if you circle back and you just look at their opinion, it's always going to be, okay, whatever is happening, whatever I'm supposed to do is what it is that they say I should be doing, right? Your partner is not a spiritual doctrine, right? They're not. Your partner can be debated. It's not like they said it and so it is, right? They're, what they're speaking is not the word. It's their words, right? So you want to make sure that you always have your higher power, the one that actually saved you, right? This person didn't really save you from a situation. Whatever you had in you, around you, whatever your source is, took you from one situation to the next. This person didn't birth you. This person didn't take care of you your whole life. You were living this whole time before they got here. So something else was actually saving you and keeping you and holding you before they got here. Remember that. There was something that existed before this man or this woman, okay? And the last thing that you want to do to empower yourself is consistently affirm yourself, okay? Consistently affirm yourself. This person is going to be gaslighting you. They're going to be telling you lies about yourself, your family, about the world, about what love is, the definition of love. They're going to tell you lies all the time. You want to keep a note when these lies come up. Anything that comes up in your body, your energy, you're like, that doesn't sound right. You want to sit down and think about it and you want to challenge those lies, remind yourself why that's not true. That's how people get conditioned in like um, camps when you're trying to do um, like, you know, like brain control of people. A belief is just a thought that you have over and over again, right? So somebody might continually tell you something every day, every day, every day until you start to believe it. So what you have to do without them knowing about it is they tell you this thing that they want to make a belief. You need to tell yourself the opposite of it so you can kind of stay on top of it. Don't let that just sink in and sit there, okay? So you want to also learn to soothe yourself, right? A lot of times when we are put in pain, the only person that we have because they've set it up like that too is the person that has put us in pain. We also look to them to soothe us and we stay in this cycle where we hurt each other and then we make up. But you're the person that helps me make up. You have to be the one who forgives me. You have to be the one that pulls me in and takes me back for me to feel good so you get stuck in this cycle. But if you're able to self-soothe, you don't have to wait on this person to stop with their silent treatment. You don't have to wait for them to decide to be nice to you. You're the one who gets to decide when you feel better. That's also that control thing, right? You release yourself from their control 
when you're the one who can tap into feeling better for yourself. Okay. (laughs) So consistently treating yourself with love because you may not be getting it there and you may have to continue to empower yourself until you decide to do something different with this relationship. But remember, combat those lies, combat the things that they're trying to make beliefs in your body, self-soothe and treat yourself with love. By treating yourself with love, you're also combating the belief that you are not supposed to be loved. You're reminding yourself that you are lovable and that you are valuable and that you are worthy. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I know that was a mouthful. I know that was a lot. And I know this is like a longer episode than usual. She had something to say. I did. (laughs) But like I said, we've had all this time in between and it, it, you know, a lot of things kept coming up and a lot of things were very clear about the secrets that we hold, the secrets that people walk around with. And I think it's important for you to understand that you are not alone if this is a secret that you're holding. You are not crazy for thinking that you're being abused. You're not being dramatic. If I said something today that rang a bell for you, I want you to really question where you're at and what you need to do next. I am no one who's going to tell you guys, and I say this in all different instances, just leave, just leave your relationship, just run away. Sometimes you need to, you know, stand up for yourself. You need to formulate your own thoughts. You need to show yourself the bravery that you have, but sometimes it's not safe to do so. So we have to be in reality of the whole spectrum of what abuse looks like, what the consequences are to throwing your strength in someone's face. You don't need to be strong for someone else to prove anything to them. You need to be strong for you. You do need to prove to you your value and your goodness. You need to prove to yourself what it is you actually deserve, right? And where you should be. Do not look for this person to validate that they like, oh, you know, you were wrong. Let me tell you why you were wrong. You used to do this to me and you did this to me and you have problems. Guess what? A person who is truly abusive generally is dealing with some sort of like personality thing. They're not going to validate your thoughts and and be accountable because and I, I, we crave that like we crave water when we're thirsty. Like just say it, just admit it. If you sit around and you're waiting for them to affirm that they have been your abuser, you will be disappointing yourself and you, you at that point will be keeping yourself trapped. That is not you being an empowered goddess, right? That is you waiting for them to soothe this need that you have. So goddesses, that is pretty much all I have for tonight. Um, I pulled out everything that I possibly could with a combination of my expertise from working with the state attorney's office, from working with women for all these years. So at this point, I've been working with women for about 15, 16 years who have been coming to me with the same thing. And it's always about a transition. The transition could be abuse. The transition could be that you just feel like you identified as someone else for the sake of a relationship. You uh, self-abandoned, right? A lot of that is going on because we're just trying to find our space in this world. We're just trying to find our confidence to make the decisions that we need to make to have the most abundant life. And we want to be in a space where we even believe that we deserve an abundant life. And I'm here to tell you that you do deserve an abundant life. Whatever doctrines that you that you look at, whether or not you're religious or spiritual, theoretical, scientific, everything says that we are supposed to be abundant, right? Even from science, like we can easily drop a seed in the ground and it grows like and we know all the things to do to make things grow even bigger and better because we were put on this planet to have this experience of abundance. Being in any situation where you were a cage, you are literally chopping yourself off from the thing that you were meant to have. So it is time for you to get on your glow up and glow out of anything that is toxic or abusive.
with that, I think we're going to wrap this up. All right. Uh, I hope you enjoy. If you guys do have any questions um, specifically about your situation, if you need any resources, I have a ton of resources for the state of Florida, for the entire country that I'm able to give you. If you guys need any feedback on it, if you want to talk about safety plans, I know people, anything like that, please do not hesitate. I will never shame anyone or judge anyone where you are in your journey, please do not hesitate to go ahead and email me at joy at glow your goddess, or you can always direct message me at glow your goddess on Instagram. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your week, your night, your morning, whatever time you are listening. And thank you, James. They already know when you come through. You shut it down when you walk into the room